This is the Swarm Unplugged podcast, where we get to know the bee social community and encourage others to join us. With hundreds in the community, we want to get to know all of you better. From the newbie to the expert to the project partners, we will be learning who they are and how they can best benefit from bee social. I'm Christopher Knight, so let's get started. And a big welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the Swarm Unplugged. You know, we we really are getting to know some of the members of the community. We're getting to know some of the folks who really have a lot of skills to offer that are making the community grow and, and all the projects within the community, especially one of the ones that's upcoming as of in this broadcast as of today. Uh, I'm very, very happy to have one of the members of the Bees Social Community on today, uh, Kareem, and he is, he's a very special person because he's coming from a country uh, overseas uh, from Kenya, which also is one of our targets as far as the M2 coin and spreading it into use in areas such as that. But before I get into it, I'm gonna let Kareem tell, him, uh, tell, him, tell you a little bit about himself instead of me talking all about it. So right now, I'd like to introduce Kareem and welcome to the Swarm Unplugged, Kareem. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm delighted to be here and uh, thanks for having me. Um, so, so as far as my introduction is concerned, I, you know, I, was, I was born and grew up in, in Nairobi and uh, had immigrated to Canada in the 70s, uh, where I went to undergraduate school at the University of Waterloo and I studied engineering. Um, and then I went uh, to the University of Illinois to do my, uh, my master's and then a PhD in engineering. So I did it in, in the area of computational mechanics and artificial intelligence, but uh, as it relates to structural engineering. Um, and from there, I ended up moving out to California where I was um, applying this technology, um, working for a consulting firm, doing some work in the design of uh, bridges uh, seismic design of bridges and we were developing uh, some software that uh, used some of the things that I developed uh, with my advisor at, in grad school um, and then from there uh, I ended up working for a, uh, a startup this was at the you know when the uh, the internet took off and I was working for a, a software development firm as a sales engineer uh, trying to sell network management software folks that were designing uh, routers and switches and the like. 9-11 um, happened and that uh, that changed things considerably. Um, so with the with the IT bubble bursting, uh, I ended up, uh, I got laid off. I, I found uh, I found some work doing some humanitarian assistance and in particular um, work related to uh, natural disasters and, and seismic uh, seismic analysis and, and uh, risk analysis of earthquakes. And so that took me to uh, Tajikistan, uh, where we were looking at uh, schools and hospitals and things that were prone to um, prone to seismic, uh, seismic activity and the like. Uh, and uh, from there, I kind of caught this uh, development bug. And that took me to some consulting work where I started to do some research on poverty. 
uh, and that led to some work that took me so that I was I was in, in the UK I was in London doing that working with some international leaders on researching how to uh, alleviate uh, poverty work um, and that took me to Syria where I did I was doing some work in um, social uh, social governance and leadership and capacity institutional capacity development in, in civil society organizations um, and to France where I did some work in education uh, and education strategy and while I was in France um, uh, I took a chance to come back and visit uh, Nairobi where I'd grown up and uh, I ended up uh, meeting Leila and we decided to get married so um, decided to move move out here uh, so I've been here I'm back back home looking after some of the investments of the family and, and trying to do some consulting work with uh, organizations uh, some of the universities and organizations out here well with that kind of uh, background uh, what uh, drew you to the bees social community or maybe it was opus finance back then Yes, uh, so um, it was it was Leila that had connected with Patrick, uh, Patrick Tuttle, and um, and so we had been talking about blockchain, and we knew it was something interesting to get into that we were sort of wanting to explore. So I was doing some work in the space of the of artificial intelligence and machine learning, as, and so we figured that it would it would be helpful if we uh if we got involved and gets the only way to sort of learn is to to you know to stick your finger in the pie and see how hot it is and and um it's been a it's uh, been a, a wild ride since then and um so i've i've kind of decided uh, i i've taken some some courses uh, online through coursera and gotten to appreciate what uh, blockchain technology is all about. And it's it's um, a very exciting space to be in. And so on the one hand, while I'm getting some of that theory about uh, blockchain and um, DeFi and what have you, it's, uh, it's also very refreshing to see things happening on the ground, right? And, um, you know, the stuff that we're doing with Opus Finance and Be Social and this whole social experiment and social movement uh, that we keep talking about. Right. Uh, uh, social movement, as uh, yeah. Richie, Richie likes to call it uh, something else, but I like social movement. All right. Anyway, right. be that as it may. Now, right. we're, we're headed into a time, uh, of course, uh, uh, all this, this dates this podcast, but this right. is a pre-release on a coin called or a token called M2. Um, right. What do you think that particular, what potential does that token have as far as uh, countries such as Kenya that, you, that you're a part of now? Right, I, well, I, th I think it has, a, it, it has a great potential because when we look at um, what's happening in terms of Kenyans and Kenyans in the diaspora, so there's a, there's a substantial amount of individuals in the, in the U United States and, and abroad that send money to support their families in Kenya. Right. Uh, so um, just think about the, the the transaction fees and the transaction costs and, and the cost it takes to send money from uh, from the U.S. to Kenya. Um, and it's, it's, it's a substantial amount. And so, you know, you send money out from one country and by the time it gets to where you need it to be, uh, you know, there's a, a substantial amount that has has gone right uh, in fees and what have you. 
So I think there's a um, uh, there's that potential to to facilitate that and and make it uh, more more effective in terms of how much uh, the recipients get. Uh, in Kenya, we also have M-Pesa, uh, which is uh, a, a variation of mobile cash. Uh, people, it started out as people trading their their phone, um, their phone units, so to speak, um, in terms of their uh, plan, their minutes, right? They would trade for that and it, it became um, a very good uh, use case in terms of how you how you can uh, use mobile money to pay for all kinds of services, goods and services. So whether you're buying things in the store, whether you're paying for, uh, you know, your, the, the, uh, you know the, the plumber that's come to help you or what have you, um, it's, it's quite incredible. So this fits in very nicely with all of that. Um, but I think even uh, when I look to see what's happening in, in Syria and Lebanon and what have you with the with the devaluation of the Syrian pound and the Lebanese pound, it's um, it is an, it it has great potential to serve as a another mechanism to to trade, and uh, I, you know I'd like to see something happen there. So I'm working with some some folks there too. So so you're involved in several countries then? Yes, I am. Yeah, okay. right. Um, and I know I've, I worked with some students, uh, you know, and uh, back in 2006 through 2012, who have now gone on to establish themselves in parts of Europe and North America. But they're still they, too, are supporting their families. And, you know, the uh, the Syrian pound went from something like uh, 50 lira to the to the dollar to 4000 lira to the dollar. So pretty much worthless. Um, and their families are trying to maintain some semblance of life uh, and earning the same amount of money that they were, you know, uh, sort of like 10 years ago. So it's not going very far. Um, so while there are humanitarian assistance efforts, um, it's life there is very difficult, shortage of fuel, shortage of electricity, um, water, all kinds of problems. Uh, and so some of these these individuals who are based again in, in Europe and North America trying to support their families. And uh, so I think again, there there might be something there. So I'm, I'm, I'm look, trying to, to see if um, we can do something to make that happen. Tell me uh, then what what do you think the mechanics of the use of M2 in those areas? How is that going to work exactly? What What are your thoughts on that? Uh, my thoughts are that, you know, uh, first of all, you have families who are, um, you have folks who are outside the country who have access to finance, right? So who could, who could on the one hand, uh, buy M2 tokens and M2 cash, um, and then make that available to their families in, um, uh, in Kenya or in, in, in Syria, as the case may be. So. That's that's one dimension of it, um, but the ability for somebody to to mine uh, these tokens um, with a phone, right, um, is has great potential. So they they can also have access to finance, and and then it's just a matter of how creative people can be, um, and hopefully, you know, the government the government see this as an opportunity to. Uh, that can be an, an enabling factor, right? That uh, 
can make things happen as opposed to saying that being thinking that it, you know it's a threat uh, and so if, if they could see it in that way and could facilitate uh, and encourage something like this to happen then uh, then we can make uh, access to finance that much more that much more ease, easier and more effective and efficient and so people mining with um, uh, with their phone uh, could use m2 to you know, to buy cheese, to get all olive oil. Uh, sometimes folks receive, um, um, you know, care packages and the like, but uh, they may have an excess of things that they don't really need, or uh, so they could trade that, and 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 M two could be a, a currency that they could use. Um, so I think it has great potential. Uh, it's it'll be interesting to see how how things really unfold. Well, you uh, made uh, uh, reference to the governments possibly mm -hmm. having a little problem with this. Uh, uh, yeah. What What's the potential there as far as government actually in interfering with the the flow of M two or mm -hmm. any other currency besides their own? Right. I well, I sometimes I I think the government might see it as as a threat because they they don't know how to really deal with this. You can you can see that in like in neighboring uh, Turkey that this is a problem that um, it's it's being banned. You know, India is going back and forth as to whether they should and they shouldn't and what have you. Um, but uh, the idea is that um, again, maybe in Kenya it might be a different story because. Um, you know, we were used to uh, folks using mobile money, and we can see how how much of an enabling factor it is, right? Um, so hopefully, it's not perceived as a threat. But then maybe maybe the folks that are running the system uh, might see it as competition. Um, who knows? Uh, so um, again, you know, I I think uh, um, it it really depends on how enlightened individuals in the country are in terms of being able to see uh, you know, a, a solution. But at the same time, you have folks that have a vested interest in keeping the status quo. Uh, there are issues around corruption. Um, you have systems where you have uh, folks taking advantage of, uh, of the situation, the circumstances. And, and so, you know, blockchain and decentralized finance has this mechanism and an opportunity to to sort of get around this and uh and go directly peer-to-peer -peer. so um that that could have a substantial impact i think and it would be great to be able to see that happen uh, but as i said you know there there are people with vested interests and uh, other motives and what have you that um maybe maybe see that as a threat and want to want to find ways to stop that from happening well, your background is very intense when it comes to analytical type of work. Uh, yes. And mm -hmm. with that being said, what do you think are the possibilities of the coin M2 being right. corrupted by these governments? Um, I, I, okay. So I, I think it's, you know, as as we know, it's it, it is a big social experiment that that nobody's really going to own, own this uh, this M2 cash. So once once it's minted on, as of tomorrow or whenever, um, it's we're going to let uh, let people in the world decide, right? Um, and so I think it'll be 
fascinating to see how this story unfolds. Um, I, I don't think there's a situation, uh, I'm not aware of a situation where perhaps somebody can come in and, and, and usurp all of the tokens and what have you. I don't think that's going to be the case. So um, let's see how this unfolds. And, and I think it, it will it'll be, uh, you know, the, the value of this token will be based on, on, on what the people have to say. And, and the use uh, of that token and so it, it's it's a it's about awareness it's about education and i think what bees.social is trying to do uh bees.social is trying to do is 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 raise that awareness and um and do that in, in a way that's uh, that's creative and in a way that is entertaining and in a way that is uh that we have fun at the same time and and can be rewarding too right so the the whole uh, mechanism of trying to raise this awareness uh, and and make this finance accessible is is uh, is quite uh, quite interesting, I, I believe. And so, I, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how things unfold. It it will be interesting, and uh, yeah. of course, as as we both know, when you go down the list of uh, tokens, uh, right. Coin Gecko, whoever wherever you want to go, and you right. look down that list very few of them have a true use case. <clears throat> and I think that's, uh, that's the advantage here. Those that don't have the use case are certainly, uh, certainly doing their thing as we saw even uh, the other night uh, and they're going up and they're doing their thing, but is that stable? Is that stable growth? Uh, who knows? But I, I believe that the, the coin or the tokens with a user case are going to be the ones that sustain over a period of time. Is that? Would you agree with that? I would think so. Again, uh, you know, we've we've seen what has happened to uh, Dogecoin and, and and your your podcast with uh, Vince. I think uh, he he sort of explained uh, what what some of the factors are in terms of what's what's driving uh, things, the dynamics of, of those those tokens. But I think at the end, you know, you have to have a sustainable solution, uh, and you have to have something solid that can can back things up in the long run. And when we look at the the mechanics of this token and the and the idea of how much liquidity has been made available and the price point that they're setting um, to get things started, I think um, and it's and it's done with uh, with a very clear uh, goal and an intention and with an outcome to make uh, you know really uh, if if we can if we can make finance accessible. Um, to people who are considered to be the un unbankables, I think um, it could go a long way in, in, in poverty alleviation and in improving the quality of life of people all around the world. So uh, it's quite a no it's it's a noble thing, um, and I think it's it's a, it's an empowering it's a, it's a, it's a mechanism that is empowering in, in, in many ways, right? I think you want to when we look at how aid is being distributed. It's quite. It's very easy to get into a situation where you create a dependency, and I don't think that's the that's the right way to go. Uh, on the one hand, people do need acute help in times of trouble, yes, and so you you do need to get in there and help them out. But I think in terms of sustainability, you want to find a solution or a mechanism that allows them to take charge and empower them so that they can live a life of dignity. And uh, this is something that uh, that is a kind of that is aligned with that, right? Empowering people 
giving them the opportunity to take control of their own money in their lives. And so it's, I think it's a sustainable solution. As you said, it's, it's backed with a, a really solid understanding of, uh, of why people are getting into it and, and what we want to do. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's very easy to, to, to say that, uh, you know, let's jump on the bandwagon and, and make this happen. Well, yes, of course, and that's uh, the very thing that's happening with the, the community. As it grows, I, I've, uh, I've certainly mm-hmm. noticed the growth uh, from the number of people that take advantage of the nightly Zoom calls, which are, are fascinating because we get so much detail and so yes. much background. I had uh, an occasion to talk with someone that was... Uh, <clears throat> uh, starting his own token and, and so forth. And he was, he was doing it as a business. And mm-hmm. as I talked with him, I started asking him questions. Of course, I wouldn't have known this even a month and a half ago. Right. But asking right. him about, you know, the liquidity and uh, you know, what, what's in the curve and all that. And he says, Oh, well, when they buy the coin, that's going to, that's going to be the liquidity. I'm going to say, what, <laughs> mm-hmm. what kind of coin are you, a token are you building here? So, you know, it's interesting how much you learn when you listen and pay attention to what's going on within the group itself. Uh, Kareem, uh, as we wrap up this episode uh, of the Swarm Unplugged, is there anything you'd like to say to the audience? Uh, as I always say, anything at all, and even something from the heart, if you'd like to. Uh, I think uh, it's, it's a, we're living in very exciting times, um, and I think uh, this technology has has great potential. And I think uh, the community, as, as, as I've seen it unfold, as I've seen, as I've worked with a, a variety of individuals, um, is, is quite something. It's very, I'm, I'm very impressed with the, uh, where things are going. Uh, and it speaks to the heart of, uh, you know, this whole decentralized movement. And, uh, you know, Be So Social is a, is, a, is a DAO, is a decentralized autonomous organization, which is uh, quite remarkable. And um, I, I tend to, th- tend to think uh, tend to think in terms of like civil society organizations where people are coming together for some kind of a common good to make a difference and 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 that's what this is all about so uh, by all means get involved learn and you know abl always be learning right absolutely and, uh, yeah and have some fun doing it right uh, as, as ray would say it's it's a beautiful thing <laughs> and as uh, as richie says it's uh, it's a great uh, social experiment so uh, participate and, and have fun yeah a little shining light by the way just uh, yeah. just just curious uh, yeah. what is seven uh, seven p.m pacific time your time what time is that it, it will be 5 a.m uh, it'll be 5 a.m so we got a, a bit of a break we we were up at 3 uh, 30 this morning when the, typically when the when the calls are held um in the winter it's 4 30 and then the summer it's 3 30 because of the Daily times and whatnot. Yeah. All right. Well, I know yeah. we're all looking forward to the uh, the call this evening. And again, yeah. I'm, I'm dating the podcast, and there's no problem. It has a date on it anyway when it comes out. Okay. So all thank right. You, okay. Kareem, thank you so much for being a part. Thank of you this. very much, Christopher. This has been a real pleasure, especially talking to someone of your stature and your education. I I really appreciate your your sharing your knowledge with everyone. Thank you, Kareem. Thank you very much. Thank as you. as right. we close out this episode of uh, this Swarm Unplugged, I want all of you to know that we have a community of talented, talented people, all from different backgrounds and all from different cultures, all from different 
whatever you'd like to say about the world, but all of the people come together as one and build on each other, protect each other and grow with each other. So <clears throat> that is uh, the bees community. And if you'd like to be a part of it, uh, please check the show notes of this uh, particular episode and you'll find out how to do that. As we close out, always remember to live, learn, and give. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Swarm Unplugged podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button and leave us a glowing comment. Gravitate yourself to be on the podcast so you are the next one to introduce themselves to the B social community. See you on the next episode. <laughs>